Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Let's just give a hand to our music team. You know, they've been standing up here a long time. Thank you all for your, for your patience and your willingness to, to go the extra mile. Uh, sometimes um, we place a high demand on them. And um, I, I, I appreciate the fact that they have water, some of them, because it's a little dry up here, a little higher elevation, I guess. I don't know. But um, as you know, I don't, I don't see me up here real often. So for the sake of just uh, addressing the fact that maybe some of you don't know me, my name is Eugene Like. I am uh, um, the son-in-law of Pastor Margaret and the late Pastor Charlie. I'm married to their daughter, Kim, who, if you have children, you know she is ministering to them now in, uh, in Children's Church. And so um, it is my privilege and my pleasure to be able to bring you a word that I believe is a word from the Lord for this house today. Now, it all started out with what I feel like God spoke to me. And as, as he uh, encouraged me, maybe corrected me a little bit, chastised me just a little bit, uh, I, I believe it is a word that maybe we can all use as we go forward. So I've entitled the, today's uh, uh, message, I was going to go with hearing the voice of God, but that kind of sounded a little sterile, a little bit, maybe, maybe a message title from the 70s or 80s, you know. So today, we're going to title this, Does God Really Talk to Me? If you've ever asked that question, it may be in the context of visiting with somebody who said, well, God told me. Well, God said this, or God said that, or God told me, and you're like going, dude, man, I wish, I wish he talked to me, you know, like that. I mean, is he, you mean like audibly, did he, did he? And, and then sometimes we're in a place in life where we're struggling a little bit, and we need, we need to hear God's voice. I mean, we, we desperately want to know God, I need your leadership. I need you to tell me what to do. And so when what well, God told me, and he's, if you're like me, I kind of just want to slap him a little bit. You know, it's like, you know, let's be real here. I mean, are you on a level that, you know, you're just, that, that I haven't attained to yet? Or, or I don't, I don't uh, um, maybe I just haven't got all my P's and Q's or my, my, my formula hasn't been right or it's whatever it is, and maybe I just haven't. So does God really talk to me? You know, I don't know out there, there may be the person, and maybe that person is in this room, that you could say that you have heard the audible voice of God. Personally, I've never met somebody that could say that. So I believe because I propose to you that God is talking to you and I all the time. I believe that his intention and his will and his desire is to communicate with you, with us, all the time. In, every, in each moment, in each decision we make, we need to have and hear his direction and his inspiration. So because we equate talking to with an audible voice... I believe that we misjudge that sometimes to thinking, well, God's never talked to me. 
So let's replace the word talk with the word communicate. Does God communicate with me? And I say to you, yes. He is present and will speak to us at any time. Because the Holy Spirit within us is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, gives life to our mortal bodies, and He is in us, and He wants to communicate God's will to us all the time. Larry, I'd like you to pull up, show uh, on the screen, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Now, those of you who are attending uh, Wednesday night connect groups and have been part of, <clears throat> part of the study of Colossians, this would have been early in your, in your process. But, but Colossians 1, 9, and it goes on for several verses after that, it's probably one of my most favorite set of scriptures in the Bible. So let's read it. 1 Corinthians 1.9 For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That gives us the indication that somehow, some way, God is present and at work to communicate to us what His will is. My prayer is that you would be filled with the, with the knowledge of His will with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that is a lot of words that... Let's just, let's just break it down and let's just summarize it by saying that we, will, that, we, that we will fill with the knowledge, that we will have understanding of what His will is for us today in this circumstances, in this circumstance and in this situation. Okay? Can we believe that? Because the, the Bible goes on to say uh, in, in subsequent verses that in the presence of knowing His will, there's five things that happen. And I propose that we all need those five things happening in our life because when we know the presence of His, the knowledge of His will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, we will walk worthy, we will walk worthy of Him. So when we know His will for us, what are we going to do? We're going to walk in a way that is worthy of Him. In other words, we're not going to do the things that we shouldn't do. Number two, we will be fully pleasing to Him. Now, don't we all desire that? Don't we want that? At the end of the day, don't we want to be worthy of Him and fully pleasing to Him? I do. We will be fruitful in every good work. That means what you put your hand to do, it will prosper. That we will increase in our knowledge of Him. And lastly, we will be strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. All of that because we are filled with the knowledge of His will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He talked to us. He communicated with us. And He gave us the inspiration of walking in His will. You know what? The value of hearing God's voice simply cannot be overstated. 
He is our creator. He made us. And he has a plan and purpose for our life. And as you know, it doesn't take much time at all to look in this world around us that we live in not only a dark place, but it, is, it, it seems to be getting darker. But you know what? The darker it is, the brighter his light can shine. And you and I are his light. Amen? Say, I am his light. We are called to be his light. And it, to, for, for us to be that in this world that is so dark around us, we have to hear from him. The reality is, is that knowing that and walking in the fullness of that seem to be on a different plane or in a different level. So I propose to you today that if there is a hindrance in our hearing his voice, in, in him communicating with us, that hindrance is not because he's quiet. It's because we are incapable or unable or in a wrong position to hear his voice. Now what started this topic thought process in me was a podcast that I listened to by a gentleman or a podcast by Chris Hodges and, and it was a gentleman um, Oh, before, before I go there, before, before I go there, let's look at our time. It's 11.29. Okay. Let's, 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 ta- let's pause for just a moment. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this moment, Lord God, to fill this place, to anoint the ears of every person in this room to hear what you would say to them. And allow me, Father God, to connect with what I believe you have said to me for this church, for these people in this season. I thank you, Lord God, that you will set us free and you will put us on a path, Father God, that we are walking in a way that is, that is that hears your voice every single day. One of the hindrances, I believe, as we go forward, before, before, we, go, before we get to this, this audio clip that I want you to listen to, one of the hindrances... In this room is if you do not connect with the reality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Jesus himself said in, in John 14, 15 through 17, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will be with you forever. That helper is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it doesn't see or know him. You know him because he lives with you and he will be, with, be in you. What he said is that, that that presence, that Holy Spirit, he was telling the disciples, you know him because you're looking at him. I'm right here. I'm walking with you. But he said, I'm going to pray that the Father will send the spirit of truth and he will be in you. So Jesus embodied the Holy Spirit when he was walking on this earth. Now, if you remember, if you were here on Wednesday nights during the month of August, you heard Pastor Margaret teach a great series on the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you, 
If you're in this room today and you would say to yourself, I want to hear God speak to me, but you are not realizing, recognizing, accepting, and, 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 and embracing the reality of the Holy Spirit in you and on you, you are not going to hear His voice. You will not be able to follow after and, and perceive what He's telling you to do, especially when the pressure is on. John 14, verse 25 and 26 says, I have told you this while I am still with you. However... When Jesus was here, he's talking to them, he's communicating with the disciples, he is talking to them, but he says, I've told you this while I'm still with you, however, the helper, now if you all read the Amplified Bible, it really expounds on the word helper. So I encourage you, find an Amplified Bible and read what the Bible says, what it says, what, a, who, what the helper does. But however, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. How does he do that? He's going to speak to you. He's going to communicate with you. And will remind you of everything that I have ever told you. We have to have the Holy Spirit operating in our lives, folks. We have to. John 16, verse 7 says, however, I am telling you the truth. It is good for you. Now, you, I, just, I, just, I just think to myself, if I was one of the disciples, and Jesus was, I mean, he is just the epitome of everything. I mean, this is the guy that was going to free us from the Roman oppression. This is the guy that, I mean, and, and, and Peter and maybe some of them there are realizing this guy is something a little more than just, I mean, this, this, there may be something more to this guy. I don't really understand it yet, but this Jesus is amazing. And he said to us, I am telling you, it is good for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the helper won't come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. He was basically saying that what is coming is better than it is right now. Now, I wasn't, I'm not one of those disciples, and I wasn't there, but I can just imagine. They just, they, that went over their head. That just went over their head. I mean, you, you know it as well as I do, because they were bummed out when Jesus died, right? But he said, I've got to go away, and I will pray, and I'm going to have God send the helper. This is the crux. This is the, this is the foundation. This is the, the bottom line to you and I being able to hear the voice of God. And when I say here, I don't mean an audible voice. And that is what this following video clip will break down for us in just a moment. About 15 minutes, it is a Grow Leader podcast with Chris Hodges and his interview with a gentleman by the name of Jim Lafoon, and it is from August 20th, 23rd of 23. So if you're into podcasts and you like to listen to things and something about what's coming up is going to catch your, get, catch your eye, uh, you can get with me after service and I can give you that, those credentials again about how you can go connect with that podcast and listen to it. But this is a podcast that was, was made for leaders, primarily church leaders, but the principles apply to every single one of us. Now, I've had them speed it up a little bit for us. Because if you've listened to many podcasts, you know that sometimes it can, you know, it's just that normal talk, it gets a little slow. So I think we're going to play it at about a 1.5 speed. And so I just want you to listen close because there are some great points 
And as and then after the after the video audio clip, we will come back and we will revisit a couple of those points that I really want to drive home. So if we can, please, let's go ahead. A lot of things are a gift. Quieting your soul is not one of them. Quieting your soul is a discipline slash skill. I know we all wish, man, why can't God just holler at me audibly? Why can't he just speak over the storm? Like, why would he whisper? And I'll, I'll define that in a moment. It's because he wants our focus. Mm -hmm. He wants our attention. You know, the Bible says pretty clearly, be still and know that I'm God. The two really go together. Like, I, I've cultivated stillness for years. It's interesting, it's not in front of me, but in the Psalms of Ascent, David says, I've weaned my soul like a child in the arms of his mother. I've quieted my soul. I don't waste time on things too high for me. How then do we wean our soul? And may I tell you, it's never been so hard to be still, really because of social media. That, your, your greatest, the greatest distraction to your spiritual life is in your pocket. Well, That's just the fact. I believe it. it. I, it's more dangerous than the devil. So for me, I practice every day stillness. I don't mean by that I don't confess the word and speak scripture and all those things. But every day, and I have probably since my early 20s, and I'll be 69 this year, cultivated stillness. And let, let's be honest, when you really need God, it's not in your quiet time. But if you don't practice stillness when it doesn't matter, when that crisis comes, mm. when that shaking comes, when that fire comes, you won't be able to hear him. It's interesting when Moses was at the Red Sea, check it out, pretty terrifying, big ocean, shared army. And Moses looked at him and said, all you have to do is be still. Think about that. All you have to do. And I know I'm speaking to tremendous leaders, pastors, of course, business leaders. You're faced with crisis every day of your life. And the ability to get still. And, you know, the old monks, Christian monks, they practiced stillness. We don't live in a monastery. We, we live in the real world. What is one of the things practically that you, we have to do? I mean, is, is, it a, is it a matter of just setting aside the time or the environment? I mean, you're obviously very disciplined, and you said it's a discipline, not, not a gift. So what are the disciplines, I guess is what I'm asking you. So, so for me, I have, my stillness has a purpose to it, and I'll get to that in a moment. Like, like all of you, I carry a lot of responsibilities. And, you know, you can get so stressed. We all have. You can feel your joints go numb. You can tremble. I mean, you can feel all kinds of things in your body. And let's just be honest, it's never been more stressful leading a church than it has the last few years in our generation. I would agree with that. <laughs> COVID, economy, uh, the crazy politics. So I'll even practice stillness on airplanes. I practice stillness when it's noisy around me all the time. I'll be sitting in my plane, just close my eyes, I'll take a deep breath, and I'll still myself so I can feel God's presence. Mm. So I can touch him. So I don't just practice stillness in my quiet times. And I have a whole series of disciplines that start in the morning and end fairly late at night. That's part of my wiring. And so once you're still, no matter what you're facing, you can connect with God. You want me to comment a bit on that? I do. Um, one of my dear friends, Jim Critcher, we've walked together 40 years, is he's defined some things I think are interesting, so I'll use a bit of his terminology. When I'm still, basically, God can communicate with me. Now, we know our primary authority is the written word of God. It judges everything we do, primary. We also know you can't read the Bible and not realize God's communicating with people. That's right. We know his voice. 
So when I quiet myself, what am I looking for? Well, there are times when I quiet myself, the very verse of scripture, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is gonna remind you of everything I've spoken. And no matter what denomination you find yourself in, typically it's a matter of nomenclature. We may call it different things, but we all realize the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. So sometimes when I quiet myself, um, scripture just comes to me, like the very verse I need for that problem. And I quiet myself multiple times every day. That's because I always last because I always use the word pondering. Mm -hmm. And typically when I'm pondering, I'll get real quiet. And I learned long ago, I, I mean, I've been to school and taught Christian counseling and all kinds of things, but the Holy Spirit's the greatest counselor in the That's world. That's right. Now, but one of the ways God communicates that we, we don't really gather is he'll communicate viscerally, like he'll share his emotions with you. Um, I'll never forget when they, when my wife had cancer many years ago and they thought it had gone to her brain. I was driving back with my four small children. I was in a state of panic, but I had a disciplined soul. Got in the car, I got quiet. And all of a sudden, the peace of God began to flood into my soul. Now you, you know, we live in a very stressful job. There's not much more stressful than pastoring a church and carrying that, it's not easy. But I'll tell you, when God communicates viscerally with you, maybe it's his peace. Maybe it's his joy. Maybe you get ready to make a decision and all of a sudden you feel this check. I listen to those things very carefully. Or maybe I'm walking into a meeting and I just feel a warning. I'll get to what I do. So like, let me ask this question. If God needs to get a hold of you, can he? That's so good. So like, I love to read. I'm not a big TV watcher. I watch some, um, but I love to read. And, and, I'll be, and I'll be in my recliner and all of a sudden, I'll feel God's presence come on me. Now, if that happens to you, there's typically a reason. It's like God wants your attention. I think of the story of Abraham at 98. He looks out and he sees these three figures and he gets up and runs. Why? He's still so sensitive at 98, he realizes something divine's out there. And a lot of times, it says in the book of Job, God communicates with us now one way, then another. We don't perceive it. Right. And the reason we don't perceive it is we're too noisy on the inside. So God will interrupt me. He'll just interrupt me with things. And I've learned if I wait too long, he'll move on. Wow. I can remember times praying over Pastor Chris and Tammy. I'll just be there and all of a sudden, pow, I'll feel something. And I can pick up the phone and call him. But a lot of times when God's trying to make a connection with you, it happens viscerally. You feel his presence. You feel his burden. And let me, let me just tell you this, brothers and sisters. Life's hard. You can be so troubled. There's no, there's no pain like child pain. Those of us have kids have all been there. Viscerally, the Lord can do things in you. Now, many of us don't ask the right question when God's communicating viscerally to us. So when I feel God's presence touching me and coming on me, I started asking the question, what do you want? Mm. Like, what do you need? A lot of times, many of you are feeling God's presence off and on during the day and typically, he's ringing your phone. Mm. Typically, he wants to help you, give you wisdom. Well, what if he doesn't say anything? So what? Just raise your hands and let his peace come. You get older like me and I'll be 69. We don't have, you don't have the energy you used to have. It's just a fact. But the same Holy Spirit that will one day give you a resurrection body lives in you. He really will quicken you. I mean, I woke up this morning. I've been busy. I was so tired. And I just began to claim the passages of strength and I raised my hands and his strength came into me. So when you ask the question, 
what do you want? I like you want, that. You want me to comment on that a moment? Sure. You ask the question, what do you want? Well, how's he tell you? It could be a scripture, yes. But a lot of times, it's the gentle whisper that, that Elijah talked about. There's probably not one of you on this podcast that's not been led by the Spirit, and you know it. You may call it something different depending on your denomination, but even those that may be like cessationists and wonder if the gifts of the Spirit are, they talk about, I was led, I felt to do this. They're just, they're, they're talking about the same thing I am, just describing it differently. That's good. So you say, well, well, well Jim, how do you know this whispers from God? Well, how do you know the voice of your mama? Hmm. Like, I mean, I could, I could be very, very like didactic with you. It never disobeys scripture. But the fact of it is, I've heard enough. Like when my, when my, when they thought my wife had brain cancer that time and, um, and they thought it was, you know, that's another long story, but the peace was there. And I heard this whisper, don't pray anymore. I go, well, I rebuke you, devil, I gotta pray. <laughs> and, and the soft voice said, she's fine. Next morning, she's perfectly healthy. Either she didn't have her or she's healed, I don't care. But that whispered voice is so helpful. Like, it's in, it'll comfort you, it'll touch you. May I tell you, I believe in Christian counseling, I believe in being pastored, I believe in walking. But the voice of the Holy Spirit yeah. is your greatest counselor. I'll say one more thing, though. I can, I'll take some more questions. That will also use your imagination. Uh, you know, visions is a big word, okay? But typically, what a vision is, is it uses a screen of your imagination. May I tell you? It's one of the reasons you better keep your imagination clean. Mm. God wants to use it. I'm so careful what I watch. Um, I want to leave my... And so there are times I just get pictures in my mind. I, one of my dearest friends, one of the great pastors in America, um, for two or three years, in a, as I pray for him, I see these lines starting in his neck and his head, and I, I was praying every night, protect his head, protect his neck. And he had a stroke that didn't touch his brain, just his eye, and I realized God will use the screen of your imagination, wow. these little pictures. So I know you very well, and of course you've been pastoring me, you've been, been helping me with this, and there are, there are two things uh, if I can make this pragmatic, that you have taught me that I want to share with the listeners, and that is it's not only what you do do to discipline yourself to make room for God, but it's also what you don't do to allow in your mind and your heart. And I think that's something that every one of our listeners need to know about. You've taught me how to set aside time. For you, it's all throughout the day and primarily in the evenings. I've made mornings so sacred to my schedule that no one can have it. And I make lots of room. And my, my even my prayer life early in ministry when I was younger was was way more um, planned and loud and detailed and I had an agenda. I am finding more and more time where I just sit and even look out the window and just have worship on. Even in my worship music that I listen to, I've gotten away from music that has words in it. I'm listening to more instrumental. Mm -hmm. I love that as well. And it always, it helps, it's helping me um, cultivate so I can not just hear the words of some you know, worship artists who God used them to write those lyrics. I wanna hear from God. And so you've taught me that. I even have this discipline on Saturday nights. I call it quieting my soul, where really Sunday for me begins when the sun goes down on Saturday. So I don't allow anything to happen that can pollute my mind or distract my mind. So I'm already thinking about the message, the ministry. I'm trying to you know, feel, if I can, what the people might be feeling tomorrow at church. And I'm trying to step into that space, you know, 12, 15 hours before the first service on a Sunday. But you have, so, so you have this whole list of things you do do to cultivate this, but I want you to get into the list of the things that you shouldn't do. And I, and I think, cause I think this is, 
Honestly, I think it's something that an older pastor needs to tell us younger leaders. I think you need to say, it's time for you guys to put your phone down. It's time for you guys to stop watching this. It's time for you to, to not have a competing screen, to use your language, in your mind that's competing with what God's trying to show you. You and I just um, got a tour of the facility, and in our food hall, you know this, Matt, yeah. at the food hall at here at Highlands College, it is a screen-free environment. Right. And right there on the wall, we remind the students that the average person touches their phone 2,970 times, 17 times a day. Is how many times you're touching your phone and then how many hours they're on their phone. And then we have these words that says, choose to be different. And so we all check our phones and our devices there so we can go into this food hall and have conversation. And actually, you know, while we're trying to have fellowship with another student or one of the faculty, there's not this competition of somebody's phone in their hand. And it's just a simple reminder of something that we want them to do throughout their life. What are those reminders? We have just a few minutes. What are those closing thoughts, reminders? What would you say to leaders that, hey, it's time for this not to be a part I'll of your life? A few things. One of the dangerous things about reading on your phone and on your iPad is how distracted you can get by other things. Um, I prefer to read out of a Bible. Now, I may use my phone in my prayer time to Google a scripture, but just be careful with that. I don't think it's ever been as hard to develop a relationship with God because we're always accessible. Someone can always get us. Oh. And you've got to watch that. And also I want to tell you, please guard your conscience. And the Bible talks about conditions of your conscience. You know, you realize we can sear our conscience. Just because something doesn't bother you, that doesn't mean it's right. Paul said, Mike, even if my conscience doesn't condemn me, that doesn't mean I'm right. God's my judge. That's so good. Like you can read a certain thing. You can watch a certain thing. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't mean That's the problem. <laughs> that, that is the problem. Yeah. I'm not going to use this term right, but, you know, women really take care of the bottom of their feet. Like I think they call it exfoliate. I can't remember. <laughs> They're always getting the, the dead skin off their feet. I want to keep my conscience exfoliated. Well, like my feet are really tender. I hate walking outside. Every little rock bothers me. Mm, that's how I want my conscience to be. That's Here's the problem. When when you start affecting your conscience, you don't just lose you don't just lose conviction, you lose affirmation. I want to be so tender. I want the Holy Spirit to be able to prick me, to touch me, to to convict me. I want to be bothered by the littlest thing. You've got to guard that conscience, brethren. You've just got to, to guard it and be, be so very, very careful with your conscience. Um, because I realize if I affect my conscience, I lose that sense of God's presence. That's good. Um, and social media and busyness are your two greatest enemies. Social media is as dangerous as the devil. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about porn. That's obvious. I'm talking about just, you know, I think probably my worst social media is watching the Yankees. They're playing so bad right now. I'm pretty virtually free <laughs> from social media. I said, man, I'm doing better than ever before. They're so bad. I can't bear to look at my score. But anyway, humor aside, I guard that. That's good. Like how many times have I been in the presence of God and my phone's on off and a text message blasts or, or, I, or all of a sudden an appointment comes and I can press that calendar. Like, Turn that phone off. Yeah. Put it in airplane mode. Just put, go ahead. Put it in air, <laughs> put it in airplane mode. Let me tell you my highest goal. Okay. When I was in my 20s, and yes, I have a gift of prophecy, and people say that and know that, but I never, ever waited on the Lord to get a gift of prophecy. When I was young in my 20s, I was a missionary in a war zone. The church would shake with artillery fire. People were killed in front of my house, and that's where I learned to quiet myself. Wow. But I began to read where Jesus said, I haven't just called you servants. I've called you friends. If a man has a servant, he tells him, what to do, but if he has a friend, he's sure. And I thought to myself, okay, 
I love your inspired autobiography, but I'd sure like a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And it became my number one desire to somehow get to know him as a friend. That became the thing that burned in me the most. Mm -hmm. And that's why in my 20s, I'd wait hours. I'd just sit. This verse hit me. Aaron and Miriam, the brother and sister Moses, were just that, we're prophets. We're as great as him. They didn't like the woman he married. And Lord called him aside and he said this, when I have a prophet of the Lord, I speak to them in riddles, dark sayings. And I have friends that are real prophetic. They're always having busy schools. But that's not true of my servant Moses. I speak to him mouth to mouth. And so my life passion is not to get a great prophecy. That's great. It's not to get a great sermon. I just want to know him. And I say this, it's addictive. Mm. God's presence is more addictive than crack. There's nothing like his presence. Once you've had his presence, once you've heard his voice, I chose to stop that podcast right there because I believe that, uh, that there was something said that hopefully caught your attention. You know, I started this process or this, this, this part of this message with the, with the statement that I believe that God is present and willing and ready to speak to us in each and every moment that we will allow him. So I believe the point there is that we allow him. And so those, the points that were made in that is, that I want to bring out is, if God wants to get a hold of you, and he does, are we willing to be interrupted? Are we willing to say that my agenda, what I'm doing, the busyness that I embrace and, and, and let me tell you, I, I grew up, I mean, we all, this is, this, this is, this area is we're not about laziness. We're about getting a job done. We are about going out and making a hand. Because if we can't make a hand, we're not much good in a sense. So I understand the pressure and the, and the, and the, the, the motivation to be busy. And to make a hand. But you understand everything has to be in balance. And when it's out of balance, and when we are too focused on that, then God in his attempt to speak to us, we're unwilling to be interrupted. But I think what jumped out at me the most, and perhaps you can relate and I'm going to tell you that if you are younger than me, which is most of this room probably, who grew up in the technology age, with, with this available to us 24-7, that this, if you're like me, has proven to be a massive, massive distraction. So I'm just going to be real honest with you and real real with you here. Most of you who, who spend any time on this at all, who have any connection to social media, you know what a reel is. Yes? Most everybody knows what a reel is? So if, if you're like me, and, and you don't have to raise your hands, you don't have to 
make it known that maybe this relates to you. And if you're sitting beside somebody, just refrain from hitting them with the elbow. But if you're like me, you can sit down, throw open Instagram, throw open Snapchat, and an hour later, an hour later, I mean, I've even been sitting in a chair at the end of the day, unwinding, okay, unwinding, and I'll get a text. I'm in bed. Where are you? She's like wondering what, I mean, I haven't showered yet. I haven't brushed my teeth. I haven't got ready for bed. It's, it's 8.30. No, it's probably later than that, showing my age there. It's, it's late in the day. I'm in bed. Where are you? I just sacrificed time with my wife for a 30-second clip, but not one, not two, not three, not 10, not 50. Who knows how many? I'm telling you what, the devil is smart. And you talk, we, we, we criticize or we make fun of the, the young kids and their attention spans. <laughs> As adults, folks, 30 seconds or less is our attention span. And this thing is, it is, it is it's shaping us and it's forming us. It's, the, it's, it's creating habits in us that I propose to you is extremely dangerous. Now, I believe the gentleman on the, on the audio, he said, it's a tool, and it can be used very effectively. But out of balance, it can be our greatest distraction and our greatest hindrance to allowing God to lead us. My question you because it was a question to me after sitting in that chair for an hour where could I be in my walk with the Lord if that time had been used more effectively if I would have been able and willing during that time to be applying myself to spiritual elements, to growing in my relationship with him, to hearing his voice and allowing him to change me and mold me and shape me. You know, he said in one particular case, in his stillness, in his quietness, when he gets quiet before the Lord, he practiced this. It's not a, it's not a gift. It's a skill that he practiced. The Holy Spirit would bring a word to his remembrance. Folks, if we're sitting there looking at Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever it is, our favorite social media, we're not putting the word in us. So in that quietness, when we try to get quiet and we try to hear what the Lord would say to us because we need you now, what pops in our head? Some tick-tock, whatever it is. That was really bad. I realized that. That ain't going to get us nowhere, folks. we got to hear the voice of the Lord, and He speaks to us through His Word. I hope you heard in that that God's primary way of speaking to you and I is through His Word. The Word that you and I put in our hearts, put in our minds, put in our spirits 
I hope daily that coming out on Sunday and I hope Wednesday night, for those of you who don't because there's not near as many people here on Wednesday as there is on Sunday, but somehow during the week you are putting the word in you because I guarantee you in the moment that you need it, if you haven't put it in there, it ain't coming out. Now listen, if this is heavy and I'm stomping on your toes, I, my feet are black and blue because I don't do it right. Good Lord, I find myself, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to relax. And, I, and you know, but, but it's the balance. Relaxing is good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, disconnecting and doing something that just you can, you can put your mind on that you don't have to think, it's, it's, it's good. But you know what? Don't let it get out of balance. Don't let it become that thing that robs you of your relationship with your loved ones, your relationship, most of all, with God Almighty. I'm going to leave you with this. If God wants to get a hold of you, can He? Are you willing to be interrupted and in those moments of quietness and stillness as you develop those skills as you develop as you leave this place and you say Holy Spirit what did you speak to me today because that's the question that we all have to ask and if you're not asking it then you're just spinning your wheels Holy Spirit how do I need to be different today? What do I need to be to change? What do I need to improve about me? And folks, we're going to be improving till the day we leave this earth. So don't think, oh my goodness, uh, it, it's such a bad thing to improve. It's, it's not. It's, it is, it is, the, the scripture is here to reprove us and to correct us and to bring us to maturity. I'm going to end with this last scripture, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these is something we need to practice and it is something we need to make a decision about ask yourself is my conscience being seared to what is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure if, it, if your conscience is being seared then you need to make a decision is it okay that this is what I'm doing Holy Spirit, inside of me, are you convicting me of something that is pointing me in the wrong direction, searing my conscience, creating an environment that I'm not able to hear your voice when you want to speak to me? So everybody stand. Father, today, we've heard your word. And I thank you, Father, that in the delivery of your word, that there was something for us.
Each individual in this room has the privilege and responsibility to say, what do I take away from this message today? In this moment, in the stillness of this moment, when there's not a phone in our hand, when there's not a distraction, speak to us now, Father. Because we don't want to leave this room the same way that we entered it. We want to be people who are light in this world. We want to be different. We need to be different. We need to be led by you, Father. Reveal to us. And Father, as we bring this circumstance, this situation, this element of who we are before you, we ask, Father God, that you help us to replace it with a habit that changes us into the person that you need us to be so that your plan and your will is fulfilled in our lives. God, we love you. We thank you for the privilege that we have to serve you. And Father, I just pray a blessing upon these people. Lord God, that they are blessed in their coming, that they're blessed in their going, that, Lord God, that you walk with them and talk with them and communicate with them, and as they, Father God, practice hearing your voice, Lord God, you would lead them in the decisions that they need to make. Bless them, Father God, in all that they put their hands to. I pray, Father God, that it would prosper for the building of your kingdom and to see your will done in this earth, in this place, and in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.